1: Hi, right, good morning everybody and welcome in. It's a Tuesday. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and we welcome you to the program. We're busy today. Very, In fact, coming up here in about 10 minutes, we're going to get to, I thought, one of the biggest stories, maybe the story that was going to dominate the opening segment, Trent. Mm-hmm. And that was, of course, Mike Trout and his $430 million extension that he's about to sign. That will put him at $577.5 million when it's all said and done at the age of 39.
2: At the age of 39, maybe there's another year or two contracts you still wonder, in You wonder, don't there.
1: you? But, yeah, you obviously,
2: you're doing it for the love of the game at that point. What <laughs> is baseball going to look like 12 13 years from now
1: Trent I remember going back to Brinson I think is when I started to through this out there and I know that you and I in the times that we time that we've worked together which is you know in our second or third year now
2: well yeah I mean just you, you and, me. and you and you uh, and I yeah together right This uh we're going up into the 2 year mark I think 2 years yeah uh but regardless we've had
1: this conversation before Trent what's it going to take well we see in our lifetime a half a billion dollar contract for an athlete well, it's awful high. It it run is. 8, 280, 240, 280. But we're close, Trent. We're $430 million and they give it to, they've given it to the right guy. I don't know who would come and, uh, exceed that number, but we'll get to Mike Trout coming up here, um, in, in the opening segment. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star is going to
2: join us in about, so, oh, 10 minutes or so. And you might be saying, why in the world are you going to talk <laughs> Nebraska spring football? You know, we're not. not. We're not. No, not no, today. No, 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 no.
1: No, not today.
2: We had Sip on prior to uh Nebraska and I was yep. final regular
1: season game, right? In Lincoln, the, the comeback by Nebraska. We know how it ended. And we talked about Tim Miles, and it seemed inevitable Sip. And yeah, he thought the same thing. And well, give us a name or two. and Well, Fred Hoyberg, And you kind of looked up at me and went, you shook your head. Fred not Hoiberg's happening. not taking
2: the Nebraska job.
1: If he's going to take a college job, he's going to a blue blood. Yeah, you know what, Trent? That makes sense. Uh But don't forget his... He was born there. His mm-hmm. grandfather coached. that. Nah, I don't give a damn. He's not taking Nebraska.
2: He's <laughs> too smart to take
1: that job. Right. Trent, he's and I can't wait to talk to Sip. Yeah. But I get the sense that the Nebraska media truly believes he's taking that job. Well, and
2: when Jeff Goodman comes out, you know, this isn't yes. a fly-by-night college basketball no, reporter. Connected. He knows, for all intents and purposes, everybody. Mm-hmm. And when he reports something like that, it's happening. Right. Now, could there be something that changes? There could. Sure. But I think they're way down this road. and It just I sounds am, like it. The I am thing. shocked. I, I'm absolutely shocked. The one thing, and I want to ask Sip about this, is the connection with his grandpa. Mm-hmm. Because you've heard me tell stories. My grandpa's... I mean, they are the mm-hmm. people that made me love sports. Mm-hmm. It was my parents. My parents really aren't big sports fans. Right. It was my grandpas. Right.
1: Likewise for me, my grandpa taught me how to read the racing form.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I've told you, my grandpa Cleveland Browns fan. He exactly. passed away right before the AFC Championship games. I mean, th- those are those are the people that really made me the yeah. sports fan that I am. And then I think, boy, what if what if one of my what grandpa's coached somewhere? You yeah. know, my, one of my grandpa's brother coached at LSU. He was a wrestling coach at LSU. And even for that a great uncle that i don't know real well but i always have an affinity for lsu because, <laughs> because he coached yeah. he coached wrestling there in the 1970s i get your point
1: the family ties and yeah. what does that mean and, and is that making it more likely that this is going to happen here's where here's where i think if i'm hoyberg today i think he's probably pissed off that, that that the story has gotten this gotten this far along because there's still a coach in place Mm -hmm. And you know how coaches are. I never talk about a a coaching job when there's still someone in that job. And And it's a
2: pretty good out for them when the question is asked, too. Absolutely. It's a crutch, for sure. But I think
1: it's legit in this case. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, you know, if I'm in that spot and I'm about to get fired, I wouldn't want the media to find out who my successor is and, you know, go to and, and, you know, have him spill the beans. I wouldn't want
2: that. And it's Tim Miles, who is one of the more liked liked guys in the community, in the coaching community. A little goofy, but he's funny. Mm-hmm. He's self-deprecating. He, it's a done deal. Whether they win
1: the NIT or not, he's yeah. he's uh, a dead man coaching in yes. this case. He's going to be fired. Now, Moose began the week last week. I think he eventually got to Chicago. He went to Cal because his is it his son or his grandson. Got to be his grandson. Grandson, I think. Uh, yeah. his grandson. Uh is is on that on the football team, and he was out there apparently at least part of the week for um, the spring football. And then I don't know if when they started to win those games, if he made his way to Chicago, but I think the story is he has eventually got there. But regardless of that, um it's been fate accompli for a while. We didn't know who the successor is going to be. And we'll talk to Stephen M. Simple, um, pick his brain, whether he thinks it's going to be Hoiberg. And it certainly seems. I mean, the Lincoln Journal star is writing stories about the contract already. Wow. That's so,
2: far, far long.
1: It seems like it. A, know, good I mean, you- a good move
2: for Hoiberg? I mean, a good move for Hoiberg. Um
1: I'm shocked. I th- 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 My take on it, and I, I'm certainly not alone in this, um, is I didn't think he wanted to recruit. I thought at yeah. the end. But don't forget, when it ended with him here is as far as collegiately, that was before he went for that second heart procedure, right? Directly before that?
2: Yeah. And yeah. then
1: he took the Bulls and... You no know, we know how that turned out obviously mm-hmm. it, it didn't work out for him and um we know that he's bored to tears I mean I read an article not too long ago that it was asked you know where it was um you know what are you doing now that you have you don't have anybody to coach while I go to yoga with my wife and then her friends come around and whatever I think they, they mentioned a TV show that they all watch and you know banter back and forth and I mean that's going to drive him nuts I think if you especially this is a coach yes yeah so I always thought it was a front office, but we'll pick up spraying on this. Mm-hmm. I do want to spend a couple of minutes on this because I feel awful for women 's college basketball teams mm-hmm. coaches and fans around the country because they were robbed of a pretty cool moment yesterday Trent. yes, I mean even even localized this, and I'm assuming Iowa did the same thing did but it? I didn't see an announcement. I saw the announcement that you know the Iowa State Bill Fennelly, and the team was going to get together, I think in the um wherever, uh, and they were going to have the bracket unveil, and you know they were going to get the camera, or the fa- fans were going to find out where they were seated and whom they were playing at the exact same time as the team did. This is an egregious, this is a fireable offense, and I can't ask Zubin Mahente this because I wouldn't put him in this spot. It's not Zubin's um, job to opine on whether the person who somehow got the bracket leaked should or shouldn't keep his job, and we won't ask him that question. We like having Zubin on. Um, but, Trent, this is a fireball fence. This can't happen. I no. feel awful for these women. I really and
2: truly do. I mean that. We go back to when the bracket was put out on Twitter, the men's bracket, mm-hmm. seventy seven years ago, whatever that was. Yeah. And it was terrible. I mean, it took so much away. And that was just as it was happening, right. as it was unfolding. This was hours in advance. I mean, people hadn't even gotten their cars and started to head to Iowa City or to Ames mm-hmm. or to, you know, Forest Avenue or wherever they were going to have their get-together. And there's just something about that moment. That moment, even watching it on the men's side Sunday, just waiting for your team. You know, your team's in. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to be there. Yeah, Iowa State fans, you're an automatic. But just wait. That anticipation. Where are you going to be placed? What seed do you get? All these different feelings. And then it flashes on the screen and you see your school, school logo. It's that excitement. Yes, and that was completely taken away, and you can't get it back. No, I mean, no. For, especially for the you know for the graduating seniors in this class. I, I saw Mississippi State women. I saw their tweet from their official account, and uh, it was a picture of all of them with their fingers up to their lips, saying "shh," and say we can keep a secret. Still come out to our watch party, you know, at six o'clock, whatever yeah. it was out there uh, with the announcement. It was good, and I, I think a lot of the programs did a nice job, either moving things around mm-hmm. a little bit moving it up or just saying, I still come out, celebrate the season, but it took away that moment and disappointed. I mean, that's, how do these things I happen like that? I don't know, like that's that? just it.
1: I mean, and how did they not catch it when it was, it started, the bracket started to be released and the, every single, every, all of it, the entire bracket. Yes. What was
2: put out there and was it ESPN or News? Whatever wherever it was. It on was. U, yeah. It was on the U. Because Tom Kaker said that he saw it himself. He did. He yes. tweeted that out and yep. he said, Well, I'll wait and let, you know, see if they get mm. this fixed. Mm-mm. Somebody Mm-mm. took a couple of screen grabs and away
1: they went. Yeah. Very unfortunate fireball mm-hmm. offense. Feel bad for the ladies, I truly do, and their fan base and the coaching staff that uh, that had this moment, quite frankly, I don't think I'm over exaggerating, no. stolen from them.
2: But good news, three are in, even Drake, after losing in the MVC tournament. Felt like they were going to be in good shape of getting in. They fell to a 10 seed, though, which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, Brian Harden,
1: I saw some tweets from him last night. He wasn't pleased with
2: it. Yeah, yeah, they're in, but not probably where they anticipated they were going to be. I mean, a lot of people but had them in the Iowa five City, right? they right? If they win and the Hawks win, they play each other on Sunday? Yes, uh, yeah, it'll be Sunday. Yeah, they're in the Friday-Sunday uh, part of the bracket. And Iowa gets Mercer. Mercer team that's won a bunch in a row in the I Atlantic Sun. Yeah, won 17 in a row. But we're maybe, well, we're assured of, of Sweet 16 team, but yeah, we can't get three Sweet 16 teams, which could, I think, been a real possibility. This Drake team's good. I mean, they've gone to toe to toe with some of the top yeah, teams they got in
1: the country. Blown out. I mean, I get just one game, but they got blown out on when? last Sunday or th- this Sunday. This Sunday, you this know? past yeah. Sunday, the yeah. Game.
2: against Missouri State. Who was, was that? Themselves? The team that beat them earlier yep. this
1: year, and then yep. they got revenge, and the rubber match went to Missouri State.
2: Yeah, and a Missouri State team that yeah ended that long MVC mm-hmm. winning streak that they'd had here earlier this season. Iowa State, I think, got a pretty good draw themselves. Uh, I think they were a lot of people had them on the four line. I think Charlie Cream over at ESPN they got a three seed. They'll be able to host and. Hey, this is—we've seen a Final Four, 1993 from the Iowa women. You have to get past Baylor, but Iowa State, in the Big 12 championship game—they gave, gave them a Game all they want, yeah, they gave until, until what the fourth, the deep in the fourth yeah. quarter. I Yeah, so right? should be fun. It, this you—you've heard my diatribe before about wrestling and how it should be moved mm-hmm. back a month. Mm-hmm. Have this thing in the middle of April, right after the Masters, that following weekend. It would be a perfect place, mm-hmm. and wrestling would get the spotlight it deserves. They cram it in here, and it gets lost. And are we going to talk wrestling this week? Probably not. No. Probably not going to have time to get to it. Same thing for the women's tournament. that's true. Even move it back a week. I I just, it continues to baffle me why this is the calendar, this is the way that it is. Make your sport better. Grow your Mm -hmm. sport. And to do that, you have to get away from the big dance in the men's tournament. No, I agree with you. Look, even professional sport. The PGA moved to May this year.
1: PGA tournament. They knew they were up against in Mm -hmm. August. They couldn't compete. Um, anyways, all right, Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Again, is is Hoiberg going? Um, well, we start. We spoke with Sip. Full disclosure: we spoke with him uh, what now twenty five minutes ago. We had Stephen M. Sipple because he couldn't join us live, so we got him as close to live as we possibly could. Twenty five minutes. Trent and I had a conversation with our buddy Stephen M. Sipple. How are you, pal?
0: Good, Kenny and Trent. How are you guys?
1: Doing pretty well, and thanks for coming on, uh, Sip. I mean, I know we're less than, what, uh, 49 hours away from the tip-off of March Madness. that actually begins here in downtown Des Moines on Thursday. But it's a big story regarding the uh, Huskers basketball program's pursuit of former Iowa State coach, Chicago Bulls coach Fred Hoiberg. The consensus, at least I think, if we were to pull the people here, Sip, is, oh, he doesn't want to recruit anymore. If he's going to coach again, he's going to do so in the NBA, but a front office job might be more likely. Uh, but we did hear earlier this year that, um, after he was fired, he was just lost. As he said his own, and he said himself, he was, you know, he'd, uh, he'd go to yoga with his wife. He'd sit around with his wife and his and her friends, and they talk about desperate housewives or something. Uh, he was just completely lost. He's a coach, and it sounds like he's going to be a coach again, and perhaps 120 miles to the west of us uh, in Lincoln. How are there legs to this, Stephen M?
0: Yeah, there's legs to it. Um, it kind of—I thought it got pretty intense. The speculation about ten days ago. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then of course Jeff Goodman, the national basketball yep. writer, tweeted out that Hoiberg's the front runner, um, and I'd I'd say, I'd say he could have went a little bit further. Um, and you would say, well, why haven't you guys? Well, there's different. You guys mean the Lincoln Journal Star local media. Uh, you guys kind of know how this stuff works. It usually kind of comes out in a national. In the national media. Um, it all kind of sprung up organically. But yeah, I do think absolutely there's a lot of validity to it. Um, now you just got to see how Nebraska's season plays out, the rest of the season plays out in the NIT.
1: So, if we go back a couple of weeks ago, and we and you and I and Trent spoke um, just before the final regular home uh, final regular game of the Big Ten season, it was Iowa going over to Lincoln. We know the result; it was a tremendous comeback for uh, for Nebraska as they as they won the basketball game. But you speculated at that time that you know it seemed like it was inevitable that Tim Miles was going to lose his gig, and you threw out a couple of names. and The very first one you threw out was Fred Hoyberg. We get the fact that he was born in Lincoln. We understand that his grandfather coached the team uh, in the late 50s and early 60s. Did you have something to go on at that point, something concrete, or were you just reading tea leaves?
0: Oh, I mean, I mean, I got to be careful what I say, but no, I wasn't totally, I wasn't just totally throwing out a name. Now, his name has been mentioned here quite a bit because of the connection to Bush. And then I would talk to People and it became clear that it wasn't just idle speculation. And then it became clear mm, six days ago or so that that there has been contact. Um, and it's evolved. It evolved like I said, kind of organically. Then it became clear that it's been there's been serious contact. And then the Goodman tweet came out. Um, here's the thing about it. It just makes a lot of sense in a lot of areas, and, and and we haven't even mentioned one obvious one. Actually, there's two that are related. Where could Fred Hoiberg find a job that would pay him what Nebraska is going to pay that doesn't have the ex- that ha- that lacks the expectations that Nebraska does? It's very manageable, is what I'm saying. This gotcha. A very. This is a very manageable job in terms of expectations. And it's going to pay a lot. It's that's a rare. It's kind of a rare combination, right? He's going to. They're they're in position, Nebraska, to pay him a minimum of three point five million dollars. <laughs> that's a that's a minimum. I, I think it'll be more than that when it ultimately comes out. But you look around, you won't find a job like Nebraska that's never won an NCAA tournament game. That's that's capable of paying that sort of money.
2: How big of a factor is the connection with his grandfather coaching there?
0: Oh, I think it's big. Yeah. What I've heard now, now I don't know exactly what Fred would say about the, what, what Coyberg would say about that. I've heard that it's it's pretty important. I mean, to him. And I would think it would be, you know, his his grandfather, Jerry Bush proceeded, and Kenny would know the name Joe Cipriano. Yes, Jerry, you remember him? Kim?
1: Yeah, absolutely do.
0: Yeah, so Jerry Bush immediately preceded Cipriano. Um, and, and you know, he's – so Fred was born here, as you mentioned. There is a, there's a, a pretty strong connection. Um, he's used – you know, this is just kind of not far from his roots. He's used to – for instance, I've had coaches mention to me, well, that weather – is not going to bother him there. Mm-hmm. Um, that lifestyle he's going to be in tune with. So all that, all that factors, all that factors into this conversation for sure.
1: Uh, Stephen M. Sipp, Lincoln Journal Star. Sipp, last thing for you. It, it seems like um, you know coaches. Coaches don't want to. You know, show another coach up for, uh, for lack of a better term. They, uh-huh. they don't want to say anything until that there actually is a vacancy. So Tim Miles still has the job. They're going to host an NIT game tomorrow night. Uh, and there's going to be no, nothing said until, you know, after the season comes to an end, after Tim Miles is released from his duties at Nebraska. And then and only then would Hoiberg be willing to say anything. So I, I guess. That's probably playing into the fact why there has been uh, no confirmation from everybody as we're waiting for Tim Miles to lose his job before Bill Moose comes forward, before Fred Hoiberg comes forward with any kind of announcement.
0: Right, and Bill Moose, I mean, just just to remind your listeners, remind you guys, Bill Moose has a policy that he does not make moves in season. He's not, and it's still in season now. He's getting, you know, there's a lot of, kind of local media here that are sort of taking him to task for not just making the move. Now I got to say, I don't quite understand why I, I mean, I, I guess I understand it, but I also understand the other side of it. It happens in this business. There's, there's guys that coach while there's a lot of speculation about whether they're going to remain the coach. And this coach is making 48 grand a week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a professional. You, you know, it's not you just you're just not a professional when you're when it's convenient to be a professional. Yeah, it's inconvenient. It's it's not a great time, but that's part of being a professional. So I, I don't know, I just don't see it as a as a is don't see the situation being that awkward. Um, I've talked to plenty of coaches in my time who either got fired and had to keep coaching or knew they were gonna get fired and had to keep coaching. Just part of the gig.
1: Sip, last thing for you, I lied. I got one more just popped into my head. That's Doc part. Doc Sadler, former Nebraska coach, he was on Hoyberg's staff at Iowa State. You, do you think they're a package deal? Would Would, would Sadler come back and be part of Hoyberg's bench if he was asked?
0: That's a good question, and I don't know. I, I honestly don't. Doc has a job at Southern Miss. He, you know, he's the head coach at Southern yep.
1: Miss. Yep. Yep.
0: And they, they've had a pretty good year. Um, I. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing though. I wouldn't rule it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be a great. It would. I think it'd be great to see Doc come back here. Now I don't know if Doc would do that or not. I. I just I don't know, but I bet that it would be a possibility.
1: One being the lowest number. Ten being he's coming for sure. Where are you? One to ten. Hoyberg's the next coach. Nebraska.
0: No lower
1: than eight and a half. Days. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good stuff, no Stephen M. Hey, listen, buddy, we appreciate it. We'll catch up after spring football, okay?
0: All right. Great to talk to
1: you. Good to guys. talk to you. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> It doesn't take much there. No, it really doesn't. Let's talk Big 12 basketball. Uh, we've got our friend uh, Mr. Goodman coming up next. Brian Goodman from Rush the Court. He covers the Big 12. We'll do that. Uh, Shelby Mass is going to check in here, so we'll correct his paper. Pat Hardy on the Hawkeyes and Zubin Mahente. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 146samsung.com. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Shelby Mass will correct his bracket, correct his paper, see how he did in about 15 minutes. Do you know how he did? I don't offhand. I All think he missed one. 67 out of 68? Either Yeah, I looked at a bunch of them. I think he yeah. was either 66 or 67, but we'll find out in 15 minutes. Right now, Brian Goodman uh, joins us. He's the lead Big 12 correspondent for Rush the Court. Uh, Brian, Trent Condon, Ken Miller in Des Moines, thanks for coming on, Brian. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you coming on. Well, six teams have uh, had their ticket punched to the big dance. I'm sure you've looked at the bracket and you've tried to figure it out, as Trent and I have tried to figure the puzzle out in our own right. Uh, How many of those Big 12 teams do you have making it out of the first weekend, Brian? Uh,
3: I think on my first pass, I I I think I had... uh... I think I had four. I had uh, Kansas winning, um, Iowa State pulling through. Um, you know, I like their matchup, uh, Texas Tech, um, and you know, K State was a little more of a coin flip, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know, I do still kind of like the way that they're playing without Dean Wade, but they're they're definitely you um, know a little more uh, vulnerable than um, the rest of the and, and I know all I know the thing with the Big Twelve this year is that you know there weren't any. You know, really elite teams, especially after Kansas kind of thinned out. With yeah. uh, you, know, you had the Sylvia DeSosa ruling and, um, and kind of Quentin Grimes not coming on until later, and you know Joka Zabuki mm-hmm. uh, being out. So, um, yeah, yeah, there, You can't just uh, you know fast forward any of these teams to the Sweet Sixteen, but um, but, but I think they'll be good for some first round wins. Brian, uh, back to last
2: weekend and the Big Twelve tournament. I know you're there for Rush the Court. And the Texas Tech loss. I mean, Ken and I have been big fans of this team. They're the team that we believe always had the longest uh, chance to make the longest run here in the NCAA tournament. That loss to West Virginia—just a bad 40 minutes of basketball or a harbinger of things to come?
3: Um, I think it was just a, a case where they—I um, think they just kind of ran out of time. You know, they got they got down big early, and they sort of gradually you know climbed back in it. Uh, you know, they were ahead for a little bit towards the end of the game, but uh, couldn't finish the job. So I, I think it's it's sort of a little bit of both. Where it was, um, you know, it's tough for them to come to come back from. But you also see, you know, one of the big things that has people um, it's giving people pause about Texas Tech in the tournament is um, you know what happens to their offense. Um, you know, when Jared Colbert doesn't you know really have it going and um, and I think they were probably overlooking the Mountaineers a little bit too, you know, being the last place team in the Big 12. And, um, you know, I, so I think there's a little bit of that too, but it was, you know, a weird result because, you know, you usually count on Chris Spears to have his guys prepared. And, um, so I think it's, it's probably more of a fluke than anything else, but it, but it did kind of remind us that, you know, they aren't, um, you know, they, they aren't bulletproof.
1: Yeah, That's for sure. Uh, Brian Goodman is our guest. Uh, Brian, the uh, Iowa State, once again, uh, I think that's four and six now that they've captured the uh, the Big 12 tournament. It looked to me uh, that both Iowa State and Kansas, that the you know, the back-to-back-to-back days really took their toll. Um, like a win-to-win, win, <laughs> they cut down the nets. Nothing to be ashamed of, but, but for both schools, it looked like they were, a, the, the fatigue factor was clearly, at least that's how it appeared to me. I want to get your take. Did you think the same thing that you know fatigue maybe didn't make this the prettiest uh of 40 minutes
3: uh yeah i think there's something to that you know especially i mean you saw how many bunnies that kansas missed So uh, they're just not going up um as strong as they should have and um, you know if just a few of those go down it's definitely you no know, more of a game um uh, but that's a big credit to iowa state you know they're able to Know, keep pretty fresh i think um you know they were able to mostly cruise against baylor on, on friday maybe that bank but um, you know a few extra minutes and, and a little more energy that they could focus on and on uh, that they could pull from um for the later rounds um but i was really impressed you know mostly like yes they they were moving the ball great on offense and getting you know quality shots and knocking them down uh, but they also played really good defense yes, and, and i did. know you know kind of like what we've been talking about you know these aren't you know the big Twelve. Um, you know, as a whole um you know hasn't been elite but the the offenses um, have just it seems like every year um you know the offense has been a struggle and it just becomes a matter of you know who can get hot for like a three or four minute stretch offense who you know decides the game and, and um but i think iowa state did a great job of kind of being just more consistently sharp on offense than everyone else uh but the defense was there too and i think that's something that gets um, that still, even though you know, Hoiberg hasn't you know, been around in a few years, I think just nationally uh, the reputation around Iowa State is that it's um, you know, three, you know, dependent on three-pointers, and you know, they don't really put that much focus into, into defense, but, but they do.
2: You know, they take on Kansas in the championship game, and, and I was one of the people that wasn't getting off the Kansas train. I, I said, uh, until I see them knocked off, I'm going to go down with this ship, and this year I went down. They didn't win yeah. the regular season title. I was waiting for the freshmen to emerge, and we saw Devin Dotson and Quentin Grimes play better, but the depth of this team certainly was impacted with Yazabuke and Legerald and Vick and what would happen there. Charlie Moore never really gained much traction. This is not the Kansas team that we're used to. How susceptible do you think they are in the opening round? Northeastern team is going to chuck up a ton of threes, and they make a ton of threes. If it gets into a shootout, does Kansas, yes, I'm talking about Kansas, have enough offensive firepower to keep up with northeastern
3: um i think they do i think it'll be close you know it, it seems like for the last few seasons you know i uh, you know being around a lot of Kansas fans it seems like every year i'm um, here you know this 13 or, or 14 or, or i guess you know 14 or 15 team this, this was the the underseeded 14 seed this is
1: under-seeded
3: 15 seed and it seems like they're always trying to kind of hype up uh, their opponent a little bit and Um, and and yes, every year it seems to be like a a hot shooting team or a team that maybe does um, know one thing well that maybe Kansas doesn't really have a great counter to, but, but it ends up being kind of the difference where, okay, maybe they win by, you know, 18 instead of 30 or, you know, it's, I, it's, I, yes, there's sort of an opening there for Northeastern with, you know, how well they shoot and. Um, you know, maybe they'll have you know a six-point lead ten minutes into the first half or something like that. But I, I think Kansas, you know, I don't think they'll have uh, a problem. I think it's you know the the round of thirty-two and on that um, that they're really going to face an uphill battle.
1: What are you hearing on uh, on Shaka Smart? Is, is there anything to the fact that you know the Wake Forest? I don't know. As is, is, I haven't seen an official announcement, has Danny Manning been fired? At this point, I've, I'm not aware that he has, but certainly the speculation is out there. Um, Shaka Smart, there's a lot of Texas fans disgruntled with their men's basketball coach just for not delivering the results that they expected when he got the job. What are you hearing on Shaka Smart as far as, you know, is there anything to the rumors that he's going to be leaving, uh, maybe get out in front of the posse?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I know Texas came out and said that, um, that they're keeping him on board. Um, but yeah, you never know. Uh, and, and I think Shaka will, will stay there. I mean, that, that contract is, is just so big. I don't know what the buyout would be, um, admittedly for, you know, a Wake Forest or whomever might be, if, if he's looking for an escape hatch, but that's, but, you know, this is part of the reason why you take the Texas job is that there isn't relatively speaking, you know, relative to, you know, how many, how much resources they have and, you know, being in a power conference, there's not that much pressure, um, but it is probably starting to wear a little bit, um, but I don't think it's wearing enough or, or that, you know, there's a vocal enough uh, kind of ratio of, of you know, stakeholders in Texas that, that really want him out um, or, you know, that, that have as much invested in, in hoops to really, um, you know, hold the microscope under him, you know this time next year um, could be a very different story, but there's, there's still a lot of scratch on that contract left, even for Texas. So, um, so if I had to guess, you know, today, if I had to, I think I'll still be there, but, um, but yeah, once you are kind of on the hot seat, you're never really off of it. You know, if you have one good year, you know, great. But, you know, if you start, you know, 500 or, you know, four and two in the next year, you're going to start hearing those, uh, those calls. And that's kind of like what happened with Tim miles where he you know, got it turned around a little bit and, Um, You know, you satisfy the fan base for a little while, but uh, but it's not like other sports where you know it can buy you an extra you know two or three years of goodwill. You know, oftentimes you know just the next time you hit a rough patch, they're they're going to be right back on you.
2: Brian uh, down in Kansas City, of course, uh, a lot of excitement if Kansas gets to the Sweet Sixteen, they'll be able to play there. Same for Iowa State if they get to the Sweet Sixteen, they'll be able to play. Chamber of Commerce excited about the Jayhawks (laughs) and Cyclones returning again.
3: Oh uh-huh, yeah, I think so. And then you throw in, you know, possibly North Carolina and Kentucky, and uh,
1: mm. yeah, that's, mm-hmm.
3: that's going to be quite the um, quite the caravan coming down to uh, Kansas City here in a couple weeks potentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, because you know Iowa State they weren't seated really high enough to get the you know super preferential treatment, but um, but I'm sure everyone's you know pretty thrilled for um, thrilled for the placement, you know, especially if they win those two games. I'm sure that's you know, plenty of motivation for the team too. You know, win two games, and we're just a couple hours drive away, and and we know everyone's going to you know buy up those tickets. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I was pretty amused by uh, by the seating and the placement there when I saw the bracket.
1: Hmm. Who do you have cutting down the nets uh, three sure. weeks from last night? Who wins it all?
3: Uh, right now, I have uh, Virginia, which is it's it's tough. You know, I'm doubting myself a little bit because of you know what we've seen from Virginia. You know, not just last year, but the last few years. Um, in March, just throughout this whole um, ascent that they've had over the decade, but um, I can't quite bring myself to pick Duke either. Um, just with their three-point shooting, um, you know, Gonzaga would definitely have a shot. Um, but I think it's pretty wide open among the ones. But I just don't. I don't think this is here where you'll have you know a, a three-seater lower. Um, you know, cut down the nuts in Minneapolis. I, I think it'll be one of the powerhouses.
1: Uh, I'm with you, Brian Goodman uh, from RushTheCourt.com. Their Big Twelve correspondent, Brian. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Brian Goodman, uh, joining us here on uh, Miller and Condon 1460 KXNO.
2: Um, Texas Tech. I know you. That loss shook you.
1: Well, yes, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, look, I, I, when I went through my bracket, I have two Big Twelve teams getting to the second weekend. Two, maybe
2: two. Maybe two. Iowa State. No. I have Iowa State. Yeah. I have Texas Tech. I have Texas Tech. I have Texas Tech in the final four. I don't I didn't go that far. I went that far. That and in fact that is I believe the only non one or two seed I haven't had in the lead eight. It's interesting
1: because I have a non one or two coming out of that region as well. You do? Yes.
2: Oh, is that your your seminal love? It is. Yes, it is. That's
1: exactly where it is. Aha. Um, Who's my second one? Is it Iowa State? I don't remember. I have to
2: bring my bracket. It might be. I don't have Kansas. I don't either. I, I don't have, have Kansas State. I don't have either of those teams winning in the first round. It's K-State. I have K-State. You still believe in them?
1: I do. I think Dean Waits... Well, is, is Dean... He has to play. Look, if they get matched up... Did you pick Oregon? Or is your bracket... If you turned in your bracket, I have. I, I have...
2: I've done a few, so I can't. No, I mean the one that counts, the one for here. Oh, the one that—that's yeah, the one the that counts in no bracket. Well, I, I might have to go back and see if I can edit a little bit. No, if you if can't do that. Well, of course, you can edit well, before can, the game starts.
1: Well, I know, but we, you and I, are having a conversation. Oh, yeah, we're we're battling each other.
2: That it, we are at this point. It's a coin flip. Wisconsin, Oregon's a coin flip. It's just kind of what I thought too. And I'm in one that I've been in for a long time mm-hmm. that you get bonus points for upsets, so oh, I think do? I went Oregon there. I think I went the old uh, Drake-San Diego region from a decade ago. I think I have the 12 and the 13 there (laughs) with Oregon against UC Irvine to get to the Sweet 16. It was all set up for the Bulls. Oh, it was so good. UConn knocked off. There's the University of San Diego. Not San Diego State. Nope. They weren't getting ready to play Kawhi Leonard. Nope. Nope. San Diego and
1: Western Kentucky comes along. Ah,
2: Ty Rogers. Ty Rogers,
1: indeed. Miller and Condon, Shelby Mass next on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Get the latest sports news and opinion all day from your home or office with Alexa. Just
2: say, Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. That's Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. Hey guys, Trent Condon here once again for New Leaf Wellness for Men. It is March, and a great day treatment program going on right now, working with testosterone. A lot of people ask, what does testosterone treatment do for you? Helps give you your A-game back, gives you more energy. Normal hitting that wall in the afternoon, you get through lunch, you're sitting at the desk, and you're just saying, man, how do I get through this day? Testosterone treatment can help you with that. It increases your muscle mass, helps control your weight, and helps you with sleep and your mood, too. During the month of March, New Leaf Wellness is offering a free food sensitivity test with hormone testing for their new clients. This is what you want to do. If your weight's an issue, go out, give this a try, and see how it's going to help you. Also in March, BioWax, get another wax free. It's all going on this month at New Leaf Wellness. You can find more information online at newleafcenters.com or give them a call, 650-1358, and set up the free no-obligation consultation. Get in better health. Find ways to help your out yourself out. All throughout the month of March. Again, 515 650 1358 and online at newleafcenters.com. And don't forget to tell them.
1: 24 hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Cond in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad to have our next guest. He's been very good to us over the last couple of years, Trent Condon, going back with you even further. Uh, but Shelby's been a uh, a regular in this time slot since, what, the middle of January? I think we first yes. started talking uh, the brackets. Shelby, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Shelby Mast. How are you? You guys aren't sticking me yet? No, absolutely. Hey, you know what I want to do before we get into your bracket? I want to know if you have this number. How much is your traffic increased from last year to this year? Because, Shelby, uh, and I know it's a product of Twitter, I see you on other shows all around the country, and maybe you were last year, but I'm not sure you were to the extent that you were this year. How much has uh, your traffic increased? Uh,
4: probably about 10%. I don't ever expect to get too terribly much traffic on my side. I got about 5,000 hits over the weekend. Most of that's going to USA today though.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm assuming. This. So how about radio-wise? How many more radio hits did you do this year?
4: Uh, I think last year I had about 125 and this year it's been about 150, but mm-hmm. last year I had to take a week off because my day job needed me in Cleveland to do real work and <laughs> so I've it a whole week. I know it. I know yeah. it.
2: Well, we are here to talk about the brackets, and let's start at the top. It's also the team that you root for, the Duke Blue Devils. Any surprise at all? Any suspense to you, Duke getting that number 1 overall seed?
4: No, I had the top two lines exactly like the committee did in the same order. Uh, I had them in different regions, but just trying mm-hmm. to do competitive balance, and they did it a little bit different. But I thought that those were the top four teams. Uh, yeah, I know Gonzaga, the metrics don't measure up. But if you watch him play, the eye test did factor in. And those committee members watch every single game those teams play. And so you get a good feel of how good they really are.
1: You had Michigan State in the West, and I think that's the consensus where they should have ended up and, you know, been able to avoid Duke. I I just don't get it, Shelby. The Big Ten co regular season champion, Big Ten tournament champion, um, they get, you know, saddled with Duke. I think that was, you know, that's most people's one nit if they had to pick one uh, as far as the committee.
4: Well, I can tell you what the committee's thinking was they get close games in Des Moines and Washington, D.C., and they're they're not going to set up a bracket assuming these teams win all the games they're supposed to win. There's no guarantee that it's going to be Duke versus Michigan State. They both have to get there. If they start looking at matchups later in the tournament, then it, it would take a whole lot longer to put together a bracket. Uh, instead of just focusing on the first
1: round like they do. It, to that end, Shelby, regarding a whole lot longer to put together a bracket, do you get the sense like I'm starting to believe that, that Sunday's conference championship games really didn't matter in the scheme of things? Auburn seemed like they were going to be on the five. Michigan State was going to be on the two. Uh, Cincinnati had an upset over Houston. They seemed underseated a little bit. Do you think that they mattered the conference championships, particularly on Sunday?
4: I think they do, and the committee uh, told us on Sunday that they had contingency brackets. Up until the last two games were done, they still had four contingency brackets, and it just depending on how the results played out as to which one they were going with. Uh, they're not going to go back and reseed teams, but they'll do those contingencies. So, depending on who wins which games, they had contingencies for uh, the UTA versus Georgia State game, which leads me to believe Georgia State was fourteen. UTA would have probably been a fifteen, maybe even a sixteen. So they have those fail safes, so to speak, ahead of time, just in case.
2: Shelby Mass joining us, USA Today, Bracketologist, as we take a look back at everything that came out. I know it was a surprise for a lot of people when the Des Moines region was announced. you got Michigan State here, and in the opposite part of the pod, it is Minnesota against Louisville. A, A juicy matchup with the Patino angle, certainly in that one, but because the Gophers and the Spartans just played one time, There's a possibility of them going up against each other. You know, know, Shelby, that is a change. How long ago did they change that, where Big Ten teams, excuse me, is Michigan State. But how long ago was it that they changed it? If you play just once during the season, you can be matched up and see each other in the round of 32.
4: Yeah, they did it back when they expanded to 68. I think it was a year or two after that when they had so many Big East teams in that they had no choice but to play them before. They, what they wanted to play. I mean, it used to be you couldn't play a conference foe until the Sweet 16 or maybe even the Elite Eight, but they had to make the adjustment just because there were so many teams from a, a particular conference getting in. And it doesn't happen often. They try to avoid it if they can, but they they go by you know, your seed. Whatever seed you are on that seed line, if you're the top seed, you get your, the preferred pod that's available. And they work on down. And so whoever that last one is, if it happened to be Minnesota and that's all that was left, that's what
1: they get. You missed on TCU. You thought that they would uh, hear their name called. Uh, We know that they didn't. How much did the win on the opening night of the Big 12 tournament, did that lead you to put TCU in the bracket? They would get picked off by K-State the next night. But they did win one game in Kansas City. How big of a factor was was, was that for you leaving TCU in the tournament?
4: That was big for me because that would have been a, not a bad loss, but a, a, a missed opportunity. They would have had another opportunity to play a, a better team and win. They didn't get that. They they were in my bracket at that time barely, and I kept them in mainly because the teams that were in that general seed range they had a lot of negatives. Some of them multiple negatives. TCU just they didn't have any bad losses. They they played you know a, a pretty good schedule. They're a depleted team. They lost something like 40% of their scoring during the year, and uh, they're still hung in there pretty well, and I thought they might get rewarded when you compared the negative aspects of each resume when they had nothing really bad.
2: You know, Shelby, uh, one of the teams that you missed by a couple of seed lines was the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa yeah. falls 2-8-10. You matched them up against the resumes of the other 8-9 seeds. I, I don't think it's close. The all-encompassing resume... Iowa should have probably been on that 8-9 line, but they struggled down the stretch. I've argued for years, the year they were sent to Dayton, they shouldn't have been, if you look at the whole resume. Last 10 is not supposed to be a criteria, but these are people that are sitting inside and going through these teams. Last 10, though, it's not an actual criteria. It still matters, doesn't it?
4: I, I think it probably does a little bit. I mean, they're, like you said, they're human. They, these games are fresh on their mind, and so they're paying attention to them, uh, and they're they, 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 they can't not take it into account, I would think. I try my best not to, but it's very difficult. It just, you know, being human. I, I felt they should have been on the eight line. I was a bit surprised they were a 10, but it kept, if they win, it keeps them against playing a one seed next round.
1: You know, it's, it's one thing for Trent and I to to have our opinion as to what they got right and what they got wrong. You're a bracketologist. In your opinion, what did they get? Did, did the committee get uh, anything egregiously wrong?
4: I don't think so. I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, there's always going to be questions. You're not going to please everybody,
1: mm-hmm. but the two
4: teams that are in that I missed were Arizona State and St. John's, and those were the last two teams in for the committee. The teams that I had in that were out was North Carolina Greensboro, who was the first team out, and then TCU who was the third team out. So a couple of seed lines, and you know, I'm right there, but nobody I felt, I missed a couple of teams by two seed lines. I got 62 exact or within one, and I'm not doing it like I think it should be done. I'm doing what I think the committee will do. And so, overall, they did a, a pretty good job. There's a lot of people fussing about Cincinnati being on the seven line. They were my last sixty, so it was just one spot they moved from mine. And the fact that they're in Columbus, that might be a disadvantage for Tennessee. This goes back to they're not. the committee's not going to assume that both teams win their games and advance on.
2: Shelby, one final thing for me, and you've poured over these teams and these resumes for a long, long time. You know them very, very well. Do you have a Cinderella that you like, and upset? What jumped off the bracket when it came out, and who's the team you have advancing on? What are those double-digit seeds to make a run?
4: Yeah, I think there's some popular picks out there, Belmont, of course, and I like okay. them winning a couple maybe. But uh, New Mexico State, I really have been keeping my eye on them. I think they're like 30. 30- One and four, some god-awful number of 30 (laughs) and four. But they they played at Kansas in Kansas City early in the year when Kansas was full strength. Mm -hmm. They lost by three. Mm -hmm. They had the lead lead late in that game. And they steamrolled the competition in their own conference. They've won games. So that's a very, very good team. Uh, And they're playing against Auburn. Auburn, to me, is one of those teams that got hot for their conference tournament, and they won it. They weren't supposed to. But you see teams like this year in and year out they use, expend all their energy, and then when the big tournament starts, they kind of flame out. The other team I'm really watching is UC Irvine. They've got Kansas State first round. uh weighted and healthy uh, enough to you know give them some minutes and production. Kansas State is kind of an average team without him. And so I can see Irvine going two rounds. I've got them going two. I'm, I'm okay with it. I feel pretty good about that. They won 30 games.
1: Mm, Shelby masked uh, Shelby last thing for you I know that you know Gannett and uh, ESPN with Linardi, they make you guys come up with a bracket uh, you know a way too early look at next year when you go back to last year and you're way too early look at 2019 um, how close how close do you get you know that far in advance
4: you don't you get uh, maybe top four seeds you get uh, 10 of them. And then as you filter down the bracket, you know, I had West Virginia seated very high. <laughs> and, or that was, you know, last year. Sure. And preseason also. I, I missed on that one. There's a few, you know, there's teams that get hot. Nobody expected Iowa to be this good. I didn't uh, have them even really sniffing around the bracket when the season started. But they came on and got some nice wins. Uh, so it's, it's, it's for fun mainly at that point. Just throwing some things out there and just kind of get me to remember which teams to really focus on for the coming year.
1: Shelby, thank you for what you do for us. We look forward to doing it again next year. Gannett, he's Gannett USA Today, Des Moines Registers, Bracketologist, BracketWag.com, joins us every single Tuesday. Once the calendar turns to January, Shelby's back with us. Shelby, thank you sincerely. We appreciate it.
4: Thanks, Shelby. Thanks, guys, for having me.